Okay, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Nick. Alex, it's episode 83 of Lutzashoom. I am freshly back from a trip to the state of Vermont, which was lovely. God damn, Vermont. You guys are doing it right aesthetically. I mean, I was only there for three days. I don't know what you, I don't know if you have too much shit going on, honestly, outside of fly fishing and having the nicest sidewalks in the game. Um, I don't know if it would be great to live there. It seems like activities and streams of revenue are limited in the Green Mountain State. But what I will say is your mountains are fucking green and they're big and they're nice to look at. I went on a 45-minute car ride alone just because I wanted to see the place. Just looking at the farm. I almost crashed a bunch of times because I was looking to my left and to my right, just grilling these fucking farms that were on, but just on each side. I couldn't get enough of it. It just looks so lovely. It's like if Norman Rockwell was the city planner for a town. Just, I mean, not a fucking piece of trash in sight. And the sidewalks. My God, the sidewalks. They're made out of fucking marble. Dude, the sidewalks are slabs of bull. What? I think they have, you know, I think back in the day, that was one of their industries. They would go to, what are they, quarrels in mountains and that were, car, you know, with marble or granite, whatever the things are in. I'm only smart enough to know a portion of what, what was going on. But maybe they had excess fucking marb. And they were like, I mean, just crazy. It's almost like if a, if a person with OCD ran that fuck, everything was just a right angle, no trash, nothing was out of line. The city is like if you went into a fucking minimalist house who really liked the color white. But just gorgeous scenery, free flowing rivers that I regret not dipping my fucking dick in. Getting those natural, those healing properties of the natural water that cascade down from the fucking mountains. You know I love a natural body of dub. And I should, I should, I wish I had more time to do activities. I would have went fly fishing. That would have been cool. I don't even know how. How do you catch a fish that flies? Are you just on the dock with a gun? When they pop up, you fucking snipe them? Are there fishing rods involved? I don't know, but it seemed to be a very popular thing in that area of Manchester, Vermont. Um, and I went there for a wedding, as you guys know, if you listened to the last episode. And it was a lovely wedding. Any wedding is going to be good when it's two people that you truly, really like a lot. And most weddings suck when you go to them and there are people that you don't really care for. And that's most of them, if we're being honest. I, there's literally four people in my life who could have had weddings that I would have been thrilled to go to. Um, and two of them are, two of them are done. And one of them happened this past weekend, and it was, it was great, man. I will, I'm gonna say, if you have a wedding, the most important thing at a wedding is a good live band. That should be, if you're limited on kush and you can't just go balls to the wall, 
and you know, focused on the food and focused on the decor and whatever the fuck. If if you're gonna have anything that's above average, make it a live band. They ju- it just turns up the energy and the vibe of the whole thing. If you got some fucking broad belting out a tune at an elite level, it's just nice, man. It's just nice. Having a DJ is just, it sucks. It sucks the life out of a wet. There's just no, you need the energy of the live performance. You need a talent on display to really get the people's juices flowing. Otherwise, it's just like, you know, I could listen to this at home on my iPad. If you're just listening to recordings. Um, so that was fun. Uh, they, they got married in a church like I did. Because um, their parents made them do it, do it, you know? They're not people who are religious, as far as I know, unless they secretly go to church every fucking Sunday, which I highly doubt. You know, they've been living together. They've been banging out of wedlock. I don't think they're worried about the rules set in place by God. I don't think that they're the kind of people who think we will go to hell if we don't get married in a church. So I made the assumption that their parents made them do it. And, um... Unlike me, luckily for my wedding, the wedding that we had that took place in the ceremony, in the church, my lady has people in her family who are in the priesthood. They're involved in the Catholic church. And the reason I say it's lucky, obviously they have a bad reputation. And you know, it's not just assumed that that's a positive thing to be involved in them. But what the reason that it is lucky is because when you have people in the priesthood, you have people who know you and your family, and they can deliver a personal, heartfelt sermon about the lovely couple. When you get married in a random town in Vermont because it looks gorgeous, and you got to pick some random slick to do the sermon because that's who happens to be the resident priest in that area, it could lead to some dicey shit. And this one was dicey. Definition of deucey. This guy was weird, man. First of all, fat as hell. Why is every... I would say 94.2% of priests I've met have all had wild amounts of adipose tissue surrounding their internal organs. Just gargantuan amounts of android fat in their abdomen. Why is it? What is it about what is it about believing in God that leaves no room for believing in fitness and eating healthy? What's going on there? I've never seen a priest take off his fucking cloak and rock that, you know, black on black outfit. Those like black dickies with that black turtleneck and their white little fake Adam's apple. I've never seen one of those priests walking around in that just filling the sleeves out with some fucking pythons. I've never seen a priest peck dance. You know? They're all just morbidly obese. Why is that? You'd think that if you were a lock for heaven and you knew you were going to go on to live in eternity, you'd want to show up in a presentable fashion. I imagine when you go to heaven, you are just the version of yourself that you were for the longest period of your life, you know? That would suck. Imagine if you were like fat as fuck your entire life and you got it together at like 65 
and passed away at 80. And for 20 years, you were fucking ripped in and fit in, in great shape. But then you got to heaven and they were like, sorry, man, you're the fat, you're the fat version of yourself. You kind of, you kind of did that one for a while. That's how everybody knows you and remembers you. By the time you got in shape, a lot of the people you knew were dead. If you just showed up here in shape, like these people aren't going to remember you. Can't have you be in shape. You're fat forever in heaven. Which I guess would be a version of hell. What the fuck am I talking about? Um, anyway, so why? This priest wasn't weird because he was fat. You can be fat and be chill as fuck. I know a lot of fat people who are chill as fuck. Action Bronson is a good example of that. I don't know him personally. I would like to. But he's fat. He works out like a maniac now and he got into shape, but he's still kind of beefy. He's like a cool kind of fat. He's not the kind that you worry about is going to pass away early. Um, boy, I've had, I've had, I had a cup of coffee today for the first time in a while and I'm zipping. Zippity doo da podcast. And uh, so anyway, the reason this guy was weird was because a couple of, couple of reasons. He, uh, dude, he was mentioning death. a way too large amount during a couple's wedding. Just like obscurely talking about ways in which you can die or like be changed forever. Like he was talking about, you know, obviously you mentioned death a little bit during marriage because it's the, the, the big thing is till death do us pot. So he was kind of talking about that and he was like, yeah, man, things could change in the time between now and till death to his part, a lot of things could go wrong was basically the message of this guy's sermon. You could have a stroke was an example that he gave out for no reason at all. You could have a stroke. One of you could have a stroke and not be the same ever again. And you got to just fight through that. They might stroke it out and be a completely different version of the person that you married. But guess what? You're in it till they die. You might wrap yourself around a tree during a ski accident, but guess what? You got to stick by their side, even if they're a fucking vegetable. I mean, just, he talked about death and destruction in vivid ways. Too much. Too much for a day that's supposed to be full of sunshine and hope. Um, he also... That wasn't even the most disturbing thing. The most memorable thing of it all was that this guy mentioned the fact that he was celibate, no exaggeration, six to eight different times in the course of the day. Also, this was a 25-minute fucking mass. They had the expedited version, which is fucking hats off. If you're going to do one in the church and you do the expedited version, good, good on you. That gets you into heaven in my book. I'm going to hell because my fucking family made, made us do a full-length one, and that's bullshit. That's tough. But in this 25-minute mess, this guy mentioned death a dozen times and the fact that he doesn't fuck six to eight times. I've never, unprovoked, seen a priest ever talk about celibacy. If you ask him about it, maybe. This dude many times was like, I'm celibate. Did you know I'm celibate? I'm definitely fucking celibate, everybody. I don't fuck. Did you know that? And there's two ways you can kind of look into this. Either he's struggling. He's having a hard time not banging things. And in order to make it worth his while, he needs to be sure everybody fucking knows his dick hasn't touched a thing in a while. Okay? 
Or the other way to look into it, and this is the way I'm leaning towards, is that he's fucking everything. And he's overcompensating for the fact that he knows what he's doing is wrong. And he knows that he might get found out. So anytime he's around anybody, he's just like, I don't fuck. You don't think I fuck, do you? I definitely don't fuck. Did you know I don't fuck? I've never fucked. Haven't fucked. I'm not allowed to fuck and I don't fuck. I think that dude's fucking things and not only fucking things, but maybe fucking things he's not supposed to fuck. I hate to say it. Also, and I mean, look, I met the guy in person, so I'm going off of like in-person in vibes. This The priest, he had veneers. What kind of priest has veneers? What kind of person who's committed to not banging anybody or kissing anybody is like, you know what I got to take care of? My fucking teeth. If you see a priest in the dentist chair getting his teeth sanded down to a nub to have his implants fucking screwed onto them, it's because he's trying to suck face with someone. I think. I could be reading it all wrong. But that's how I felt. If you're a priest... And you're committed to God and you know that you're going to be rewarded at the end. What are you doing? Obsessing over. Listen, go get your teeth cleaned, get them whitened, do what you got to do. But a priest with a veneer goes against everything that religion is about. Religion is supposed to be about you look inside of one another. You find the good in people. And this dude is so minimally invested in the preachings of the church that he's concerned with the superficial value of his chompers. Not really buying this guy. Not really buying what this guy's putting down. Maybe I'm alone. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, what else happened this weekend? Oh, there was something. Somebody said a weird... <laughs> Oh my God, dude, it's so weird being a comedian and then being like at an event where people know you're a comedian. People just say the, feel the need to say the weirdest shit to you that pertains to comedy or what they think it means to be a comedian. I, uh, a lot of people at this wedding, they'll listen to this podcast. I'm going to talk about that on the Patreon. Um, yeah, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Comedy. I got to keep that behind a paywall. Um, and shout out to the few new Patreon members that we got since that last episode aired. I appreciate you guys. Shout out to Brandon Arner, true producer Brandon Arner with that fucking beefy donation. Shout out to Kim, not a true producer, but you're in there, baby. You're part of the fam. Stacy Madison, true producer. Shout out to Chris Atchison. Atchison. Shout out to John Burhop, Paul, Kyle Horner, true producer. Michael Van Over, true producer. Dylan Bailey. Nicholas Langren, true producer. Philip Free, Kaylin Andy, John Odgren, true producer. Kai Melissa Pryor, Chris Manfredi, Trevor Vac. Love you guys. Going over there and join the Patreon for the extended episodes of That's a Shame. The economy's in shambles, dude. 
I need your help. I need your money. Um, also, if you just want more content, go on over there and join. It's fucking cheap as shit if you want it to be. Um, big news in the world of sports and just the world of news, I guess, as well. Um, Leah Thomas, you remember her, the uh, transgender female swimmer for the University of Pennsylvania who was the first openly transgender woman to win a Division I NCAA um, championship in any sport. She won it in the 500-yard freestyle event. I believe she was breaking fucking world records and school records also, which is hilarious because when she was a man swimming, she was middle of the pack. So that right there is, you know, cause for concern. But um, the news is that uh, Swimming World's governing body, FINA, voted on Sunday to stop trans athletes from competing in women's elite races if they have gone through any part of the process of male puberty. Now look, part of me wishes this didn't happen because it's, you know, if we're being completely you know, non-political, unbiased, fully transparent. It's very funny to watch a shitty male swimmer switch over to the female team and just start dominating and just immediately become the Jordan of that sport. <laughs> That's, it's funny. It's funny. But logically... And we're a logic-based podcast. It's completely <laughs> incorrect, man. You can't have a dude who spent his entire life as a male in his first year as a woman just go up against other biological women in a sport. You just can't, man. Testosterone is a drug used to enhance performance for a reason, okay? When male professional athletes get caught injecting excess testosterone into their body, they are banned from the sport. Leah Thomas may technically be a woman, but her blood levels insinuate that she's a woman on anabolic steroids. So whether or not she was ever a dude Prior to becoming a woman, the shit that's in her body is not allowed. If a biological gal competing in the NCAA for a swimming championship got tested for steroids and her testosterone and her testosterone levels came up equivalent to that of Leah Thomas's, she'd be disqualified also. So Leah Thomas can be a woman. But she's a woman whose past you can't ignore, and that past includes, essentially, taking anabolic steroids from the moment that she hit puberty until she started dosing with estrogen. Wherever you stand on the trans issue is almost kind of irrelevant, and it's more of a, are you a pro-steroid kind of person? If we're going to legalize steroids and female swimming, then I'm all for Leah Thomas taking a fucking lap lane. But until that's done, until we got fucking yoked up, ripped, 
women that look like Bane doing the butterfly stroke? This decision makes sense to me. I'm sorry. Some people don't want to acknowledge that there is an astronomical difference between male-level athleticism and female-level athleticism. And we're talking about at the top level of sports here. Obviously, there are women, there are women who could fucking demolish me in basketball. But I'm not hooping in any sort of league where I would be robbing people of medals that they've worked their entire life to gain. If some chick wants to transition and then fucking post me up at the West 4th Street court outside on by McDougal Street, that's chill. It's a casual fucking endeavor. But at the top level of competition, no woman is transitioning into a man and then dominating that male sport. No matter how woke you want to be and talk about how everybody's equal and there's no such thing as gender and it's all fluid and we're all capable of the same things. Lisa Ann, the greatest fucking female basketball player of all time, could transition into being a man and not sniff the fucking G League in the NBA. That's why there's no rule in the other fucking direction. Okay, it's not like things are really going to change now. One person can't compete in female swimming is all that this rule really affects. All right, if there's a ton of transgendered men or women, rather, who feel like they're being slighted, then you can just form your own league. Just make your own league. The TSA, the Transgender Sports Association. It would take off. It would certainly be able to exist. If the, w, if the WNBA can survive for this long, the TSA could fucking thrive for years to come. I have no doubt in my mind the TSA will become a more viewed sports league than any sort of female sport that's in existence right now. I hate to say it. Maybe not. It's not going to jump, you know, fucking tennis. Um, that's all I got, honestly. Just make a league where both trans men and women compete in together to prove to us all that none of that shit matters. And we'll sit back and watch the first league in existence where the women dominate the men. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. We already watched it happen one time. Actually, I don't know. That would be a that would be fucking what a heated league that would be. Who would be the better athlete? The men who are now women taking estrogen shots or the women who are now men taking testosterone shots? That would be a hot gambling item. Are you going to tell me people aren't going to start throwing down on that sort of uncertainty? 
Nobody would have any idea which way to bet. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Now that I think about it. Because we all know that trans women are going to smoke biological women. But would they smoke a trans woman who at one point was a biological man? I don't know, man. These are the questions. But all right. I think I'm going to tap out on this episode. We're going to shut her down and head on over to the Patreon. If you haven't joined, please join, man. Patreon.com slash Comedy. Also, please rate and review this podcast. It means a lot for it to get into the algorithm. Um, throw me a like on YouTube as well. And um, you will get a shout out on this podcast if you do so. But the only way I can see... If you do it, the rating I can't see, unfortunately. If you leave a review, I can see it. Bubba Gump 38 left me a review. Not Matt Delia left me a review. Ryan Ruzzleback left me a review. Those are the last three reviews. I appreciate you people. Leave me some more. Get a nice little shoot-out. All right, I'm leaving. I will see you next week or over on the Patreon. Love you guys. Stay safe. Bye.